0: This is a Squiz podcast, where your shortcut to being informed. Weekly Wrap is the week in news and what's coming up. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Let's start by saying thank you to everyone who followed News Club on Instagram. And thank you also to anyone who listened and participated in News Club this week We had hundreds of new followers on our Instagram account, Claire, thousands of new listeners, heaps and heaps of comments and questions and we really appreciate it. Yeah, we really, really do because, you know, we don't
1: take it for granted that you just want to follow the things that we want to do but Mm. we really appreciate that you are because we think News Club is going to be really awesome. So your participation in that is
0: really crucial. Step two. Tell your mates about us. Tell your mates about us. <laughs> the asks don't yeah, end here. <laughs> absolutely. I'm sorry. you prepare to hear from us a little bit on, can you please do this? Can you please do that? We hope you're finding it useful. And as always, if you have any comments, thoughts, feedback, please send us an email to hello at the au. Claire, the news this week, we talked Tay briefly. We talked the Wooly CEO as well briefly.
1: <laughs> They've both been really big things this week. Uh, other big news stories though this week, outside of those few... Sort of news moments, I guess, um, around our defence capabilities. That was a big story. Also the death of Alexei Navalny, the weather, and
0: we're going to round out Julian Assange as well. Where that got to exactly. Your recommendation this week, Claire, is of the romantic variety. Mine's quite a bit more serious. Let's do it. <laughs> First things first, two big moments that shaped the news cycle this week. Sometimes this happens where a photo or a video or a comment just dominates. I'm, of course, referring to the CEO of Woolworths, Brad Benducci, on ABC's Four Corners. His snafu in the middle of that interview.
1: And just quietly, I really love the term snafu. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. Wh- I can't why? say what it is in military terms uh, because the F stands for a swear word, but essentially it means confusion and chaos. Mm. And that was certainly what that news moment was about this week. That interview that you mentioned on Four Corners was part of a special investigation by the journalist Angus Greet.
0: Yeah, he used to be at the Financial Review. The episode was called Superpowers. The tagline was Four Corners uncovers the tactics being used used by supermarkets to keep prices high and the competition out. And For Banducci's
1: part, or let's call him Brad, which is what his name tag says, (laughs) um, he wasn't happy with an answer that he gave about the former head of the competition watchdog, that's the ACCC. Uh, That guy's name is Rod Sims. He said that he was irrelevant when it came to his opinion about competition in the market currently. Uh, He asked if he could actually do that again. He Mm. didn't really want to include that when he had a bit of a think about it. Angus Griggs said, nope, this is an on the record interview. Brad then said, I'm done,
0: and he walked away. That is the clip that has gone really viral in news circles and beyond this week. He came back, but public figures having a meltdown, always a source of news. That was Monday. Then on Wednesday, their first half financial results came out. They made a loss mainly due to their Kiwi supermarket business Clear. Yeah, exactly
1: right. And then it was announced that Brad would be retiring come September. It was a really big week for Woolworths. Huge
0: week for Woolworths. He used to work at Woolworths, Claire. We're going to unpack this topic in News Club uh, on Tuesday. So we won't dwell on it too much, but um, there's obviously a lot going on with supermarket retailing outside of this incident with Brad Banducci. Lots of reviews, lots of inquiry. Of course, it's in the news more
1: generally. We've been talking about this quite intensely actually since January or so and even before that. Mm. Heaps of differing views, of course, too, on that Four Corners piece and what it offered. What is the case when it comes to what are they offering consumers and what is competition actually like? Uh, So we're going to curate a really good cross-section of those
0: views in our club picks. That's right. If you have any questions, thoughts, send them through to us and we'll include them in the episode. Episode, of course. The second big moment in news this week was the arrival of a plane into Sydney Airport on Thursday morning. That plane, Claire, was carrying Taylor Swift's boyfriend Travis Kelsey. One of the most searched terms this week was Pellegrino 2000. That's the restaurant that Taylor Swift dined at this week. We cannot escape this. (laughs) It's the biggest story. It really is. And when I got up on
1: Friday morning to do the news run, you should see the wrap in the Daily Telegraph from Friday, like pages and pages.
0: Of content about Taylor Taylor and Travis. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: There's timelines, there's
0: maps, there's past visits, there's, oh, man, it's big. Heightened for us here in New South Wales as well because, of course, she's in Sydney this weekend. Travis Kelsey's arrival, Claire, was carried live on mm. all of the major news networks, Sunrise, Today Show, who's getting out of the plane, is he getting out of the plane, will they stay in Australia, will they holiday in Australia, will they go straight to Singapore where she's playing next, <laughs> what are they going to do? I mean, the questions are endless, we're all part of it, we've bought right in, we've bought tickets, in, in- fact, indeed. and let me play a clip of how I got tickets. Claire... Gear Shift in true squeeze form. Taylor <laughs> Swift. Let's talk about Taylor Swift.
1: <laughs> Kate, you're a fan. I'm a casual fan. Perhaps I really enjoy her music, but I'm not dying in the ditch losing sleep about You all did of this. want to get tickets though. I did get tickets and so did you. I've bought you and Annalise a ticket to go. What? I know. I have
0: tickets to Taylor Swift. You have tickets to Taylor. <laughs> is this the fun Swift? thing that you were this gonna is surprise? The fun
1: thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that takes a whole load off your Friday we're going to Taylor
0: Swift Annalise (laughs) and Annalise you've got a hotel room even oh my goodness Claire thank you thank you thank you imagine the FOMO I would have and I know so many people have if I had not I've got Taylor Swift tickets.
1: And probably because it was so long ago actually that we even talked about that, Mm. like June I Mm. think it was. So, yeah, here it is. Thank you so much That's a pleasure. I don't
0: even really know how to thank you except (laughs) to just really enjoy myself. I've also done an interview with Georgie Tunney this week. That's out in this feed for people to listen to. The reason I did that is this is a big news moment and what News Club is designed to do is be there for you in the big news moments. She's the co-host of the project. If you're not sure about why we're talking to Georgie Tunney about Taylor Swift. She is one of the biggest Swifties in the country. She loves Taylor Swift. She has a podcast all about Taylor Swift. She's been to a few of the era's concerts. She's even moderated a symposium recently about Taylor Swift.
1: (laughs) (laughs) a good person to talk to about exactly how this machine works and also with her journalism hat
0: on exactly what that machine looks like. How you get an interview, how you try and get an interview with Taylor Swift. We talked about that. Mm. It's certainly for anyone who's bamboozled by Swift Mania, but also for any Swiftie out there that really wants to get into the news angles and and how that all happens. We talk about that. We also talk, Claire, about Tom Cruise, which I think you were more interested in. (laughs) perhaps. (laughs)
1: He's such an interesting cat, I'll put it nicely. So yeah, very interested in that. I love this so much because it's really bang on where News Club is meant to be. How do you take these big news moments, even the fun ones like Taylor Swift, Mm. and make it relevant to the news and how the news works.
0: So Yeah. yeah, dive into that. We'll put a link in your episode notes, but of course it's also in this feed. To the news we've been talking about this week, Claire, the contender for News Club was our defence capabilities. I was pretty keen on that. You were really keen on this one. <laughs> Well, with me, we will do it and because it is a, a conversation that's ongoing throughout the news. Um, not News Club this week, but let's tackle it now.
1: Yeah, and your point around why this is important for people to know about and to be talking about is when you've got the Deputy Prime Minister and the Defence Minister standing up at a press conference and saying we really need to be ready for war, Mm. that things, really terrible things could happen, Mm. Uh, it is quite alarming. And then when you unpick all of that about how are we protected and exactly what that pipeline looks like, it's quite complicated.
0: Complicated and also a range of opinions. So Mm. depending on what you're reading, you'll get a different view on things. This week, Richard Miles, who's our Deputy PM, he's our Defence Minister, announced what they're calling an overhaul of the Navy yeah is it helpful to get into the ins and outs of exactly what that is not
1: really but the top line (laughs) is let's just stick top line um what we're going to get is an increase in the number of warships in the navy in the royal australian navy they're going from 11 to 26. that would be australia's largest fleet since the end of the second world war and when you look over the next decade that funding to provide that pipeline, that future fleet, is going to be $54.2 billion. It's a lot of money.
0: A lot of money. The arrival of this fleet is a fair way out. It's into the 2040s, so this lead time is really long. I can't, as I said, pretend to know or, or understand exactly what these vessels do, but the commentary this week has been the assumption is from the government that we don't face the prospect of a major conflict in our region by the end of the decade because we won't be ready for it. Yeah, and look, you're not
1: on your own in not understanding what these vessels might no. do. One of my favourite news moments for the week was on ABC 24, Joe O'Brien was hosting and the overlay was pictures of all of these massive frigates, ships that chip, we have. Chips, yeah. Andrew Green, who is the defence correspondent, Joe asked him to tell us what that ship is, tell us what that ship is and what does it do? And Andrew's like, Um, I don't. You're really putting me on the spot. And he, like this is his job 24-7 is to understand all of this. So, yeah, it is complicated. There's probably a part of it where we're not supposed to as well. Oh, I think there's probably a fair element of that. But the long-term vision is even in the medium term, it's going to be okay
0: for the Australian Navy just to sit it out on the sidelines. And that's because we will have fewer ships in the short term. So more in the longer term. Richard Miles was interviewed by Sarah Ferguson on 7.30, I think Monday night, Tuesday night? Monday night, I think it was. Her line of questioning was directly linked to China. Her first question was, is this the last chance to get the makeup of Australian naval forces right in the face of China's massive military build-up? It's very direct. It's the crunch point. And Miles did acknowledge the power of China
1: uh, and also the need for Australia to have more capacity.
0: Yeah, we're seeing technology become a huge part of warfare. Some questions around whether we're prepared for that. And how do you stare into a crystal ball and even guess that? Like, it's just so difficult. I think there's some people's job
1: is to do that, Claire. (laughs) Not ours, but... But look, AI is a thing now in a way that it wasn't. I think this predicting technology thing is a really difficult one. But also what the government is saying, they've just got to do their best knowing what they know to be able to invest in the future.
0: Yeah, that seems to be the message Claire, we'll move on to the death of Alexei Navalny. That was a big one early in the week. Alex and Siobhan did a great squeeze shortcut on that, which goes back through Navalny's crusade against Putin. It's very true to what shortcuts is, which is the backstory to the big news stories. The episode's over in the Squeeze Today feed. Highly recommend it. This, sadly, his death, seems somewhat inevitable. It's a really sad
1: story and something that he and others predicted. He predicted that this is how it was going to end for him. Uh, He was just 47 years old. He was in jail a lot over the last decade. He was Russia's most prominent opposition figure and a really staunch critic of Vladimir Putin. He was poisoned. You might remember back in 2020, that was with a nerve agent and Western nations said that it was an assassination attempt, but he recovered in Germany and he headed straight back to Russia to continue that fight.
0: Yeah, lots around this week about what a hero he was, that he gave his life trying to expose corruption by Russian leaders. The prison he was said to have died in is something else, commonly known as Polar Wolf. It's a penal colony located 1,900 kilometres northeast of Moscow. Like, that is so Mm, far. mm. 1,900 kilometres, 60 kilometres north of the Arctic Circle. The account of what happens to prisoners there is bone chilling. Even the name just sort of
1: points to something really it's, dark and, real. and yeah, yeah horrendous. Uh, it's unlikely that there's going to be a truthful account of what happened to him. And at the end of the year, you might remember that my pick for the story of 2023 was around Prigozhin, Prigozhin yeah. that um, militia leader in Russia and his death I'm not trying to put any kind of equivalency across those two Mm. men's deaths, um, but there is sort of this sense of inevitability
0: that once you go up against Putin, it's the end. That's the end. He is so, so strong. Before we come back home to Australia, Claire, let's round out where we are with Julian Assange, of course, our News Club topic this week.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad we did that for News Club. And I think what we're doing on Instagram, if you follow at the Squiz News Club, you'll see it. It's a really terrific way for us to keep you up to speed as these stories develop across a week. So Mm. make sure you follow that. Um, That hearing in London, it ended on Thursday morning our time. Assange didn't attend the two days of that hearing in court. He said he was too ill, but plenty of people did show up.
0: Yeah, plenty of people outside the court. Lots of commentary around how the mood is shifting in Assange's favour. We obviously will wait and see because we don't have an outcome of that yet. No, mid-March is what
1: um, the judges there say. If he does appeal, away we go again for another hearing. If he doesn't win, then he could be extradited pretty quickly.
0: As for what squizzers think, we ran a poll in our News Club newsletter. 40% of you said he's a journalist who published essential information in the public interest. That was closely followed by 37% that said whether they think he's a journalist or a criminal, it's gone on too long. Just 15% saying that he's a criminal.
1: Yeah, the gone on way too long seems to be where Mm. many of our MPs have landed too. So thanks to those who participated in that poll, it's just a really good way to see what you think on these things. Exactly. The weather. So conditions in Victoria's West have been pretty scary. Fires there really took off in some pretty bad conditions on Thursday. They've had a really bad couple of weeks in that region.
0: Yeah, 40 homes lost in that area. Concerns too in the central highlands of Tasmania. It's not often we talk about bushfires there. No, we really don't. The temperatures don't seem to get hot enough for them to
1: have that big load on the ground. But certainly there's been some trouble there too. Um, Hot temperatures, Kate, as you look across the West and the Northern Territory, they've really copped it this
0: week. Claire has told me for anyone listening from WA (laughs) or the NT, she – always thinking about you, (laughs) always has you in her mind. She has told me three or four times this week how hot it has been in Perth.
1: Well, it's just so easy for us on (laughs) the east side, I think, to get very obsessed about how hot it is here. But the west has really copped it. So Perth had its record-breaking 7th. 40 degree day in february yeah that's um, very that hot. happened on monday and on that day the state held the top 15 hottest places in the world over a
0: 24-hour period yeah. i think that
1: deserves a shout out well
0: now i've heard it four times i'm certainly <laughs> listening <laughs> thinking of anyone over there and thank you to anyone who does listen to our podcast from the west yes. we see you <laughs> we do <laughs> This is the part of the podcast where we talk about what's coming up next week. Claire, today, though, is two years since Russia invaded Ukraine. And you and I had another conversation this week about
1: um, the Israel-Hamas war not really being up there again in Mm. the top five stories Uh, when it comes to the news hits. It just makes me reflect on how far Russia's war on Ukraine has slipped. the list when it comes to news consideration. Um, There's a bit of analysis around in recent days about that anniversary. A recurring theme there is that Putin still has the goal of taking Ukraine territory. Uh, It's a big country
0: and they can just wait it out. As for Ukraine, it's desperate still for ongoing support from the West. Lots around also and a sort of a widening of the conversation about Europe and its security when it comes to Russia. I listened to a podcast by the New York Times, The Daily. We've recommended Mm. that a lot and I'm sure plenty of people do listen to that. It caught my attention because it was titled, What Happens If America Turns Its Back On Its Allies in Europe? That's all born out of a possibility that Trump might be president again and his criticism of NATO, so that big alliance. This is a continuous continuing theme. Yeah, and it's not new from Trump to say
1: no. People in the NATO alliance you need to pay your fees, mm. you need to basically make sure that your defenses, you're spending enough on your defenses to make it work because America can't swan in and save you every time there's trouble. What Trump did though in a rally just recently mm. is say actually if you're not spending enough on defence, I will encourage
0: Putin to come and attack you. It's kind of out there. Yeah. Yeah. Have a listen to that podcast if you haven't already. That's my recommendation for this week. I'll put a link to it in your episode notes. Also, um, coming back to Australia next week, it's a parliamentary sitting week again. Yep, both houses are doing that. A couple of things to
1: note about that. The President of the Philippines, Ferdinand Marcos Jr., he's going to address a joint sitting of the Parliament on Thursday. There's a few of these Asian leaders going to be in Australia in the coming days, and that's because Melbourne is hosting ASEAN. That's in early March, which we're not too far away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, get ready to see a few of those people popping up with Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. The second thing, the Dunkley by-election, is next Saturday. It's
0: next Saturday's. So- So I think we'll likely talk about it in Weekly Wrap next week. But it's set up to be a bit of a poll on the government's tax changes, how it's dealing with cost of living pressures. Dunkley is in sort of Melbourne's southeast. It's held by Labor by 6.3%, but it is a swing seat. It's been held by the Liberals for a long time as well in the past. Next Saturday, as I said, 2nd of March is a by-election there. It's also the Prime Minister and the Treasurer's birthdays. So my tip is that you're going to see a lot of headlines like the one David Spears had, our mate David Spears this week, which said, will Albanese be gifted the Dunkley by-election for his birthday? Happy Iteration, birthday. well, Iterations of that throughout the week. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I think you're on to something with that.
1: <laughs> uh, and Cape, just moving on. So Wednesday, that's the day that gender pay gaps are going to be published for private companies with more than 100 employees and women around the country are going to find out how their organisation stacks up. Uh, it's published by the Workplace Gender Equality Agency.
0: What it actually means is we'll learn for the first time which companies are closing the gap and which ones have work to do. And also the interesting thing will be what they have to say about it. So how they tackle the messaging around that, I'm sure that will be closely observed by yourself. Oh, I love a bit of wages data and exactly how <laughs> what you say about it. Absolutely, 29th of February on Thursday. We're in a leap year, Claire. I promised you I would find out how that all works. I tried. I don't understand still why we need an <laughs> I'm extra so day every. Disappointed. Sorry, I like I, I I had a look at it. I was like, like, why do we need an extra day every four years? It's something about time and the calendar. And I got lost. And I thought, you know what? You I'm going to add value. <laughs> you promised me that we
1: were going to have <laughs> haven't done it. A clarity around exactly why we. Get an extra day every four years. You've let me down. Sorry. Okay.
0: Radio. Squeeze recommends this week, Claire. I've already given mine that New York Times, the Daily okay. podcast episode uh, about Russia, Ukraine, US, Europe. You know all the big things. But you have a uh, romantic drama. Well, I wanted to ask you: Have you read One Day? The book. Yeah. The- because you're going to recommend the Netflix series. The Netflix aren't you? series. Yeah. I think I've read the book, but I, I know I've read the book, but I don't fully remember the story. Because it was a while ago, it was wasn't 2009 it? Or 2009. 2009, yeah. something yeah.
1: like that, yeah. So I binged that show on Netflix last weekend. I didn't expect. To binge it. I had no plans to binge it. I started it uh, on Friday night thinking it keeps popping up so I'll watch an episode or two. They're short episodes, which is Squizzes know is my favourite format ever, that 25 to 35-minute episode. I got completely hooked. So I pretty much had to cancel most of what I was doing on Saturday.
0: (laughs) People are raving (laughs) about it. It It was really great. I really enjoyed it. If it is popping up on your Netflix and you're kind of umming and Mm. ahhing, it's recommended by Claire. Everyone in the office, our office has been raving about it. so should probably um, say what it's about, basically. No, I mean, it's romantic drama. Okay. I don't think you have to romantic leave it drama. at that. Romantic drama, okay. Yeah, leave right it up. at that one day. Squeeze Press this week. Let's keep it as short as short can be. Follow <laughs> News Club on Instagram at the Squeeze News Club. Have a great weekend and we will catch you on Tuesday. <laughs>